In today's show, we're looking back at the 2020-2021 season of the Toronto Raptors. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. We're here to talk about the 2020-2021 season of the Toronto Raptors. Obviously a disaster of a year for many, many reasons, but is that necessarily a bad thing? We'll talk about that in just a second. In fact, let's just talk about it right now because the Raptors were the 27 and 45. That is really, really poor from a team that obviously won a title two years ago, but lots of factors. They were smashed with COVID. They had to spend the entire season on the road in Tampa. And while that might not seem like much, six months away from home, is not an easy thing to do, especially when you're the only team that is doing it. It's not like everyone was in bubbles or hubs or anything like that. They were the only team that was doing it. So every game was a road game. And their home support, home support in Tampa wasn't particularly vociferous. Plenty of times they were there where the majority of the crowd were cheering for the other team. And that's not a great situation to be in. There was also um, some infighting with uh, Nick Nurse and Pascal Siakam at times. Uncertainty about Kyle Lowry's future a disaster in terms of free agency and what they did at the center position. Nothing worked particularly well for this team. Now, they were 27 and 45, but their expected win-loss was 35 and 37. So they were much worse than they should have been, and that's in large part due to absolutely packing it in over the last month of the season. Their queue was in the rack very early, and then weirdly they said, oh, no, let's try for a week and then play guys in the heaviest part of their schedule. That made no sense. Um, and then they just sat everyone down and totally fine because you know, you've been great for a long time or really good for a long time, won a title, you're a really solid playoff contender, top four Eastern Conference contender for a while. And it was just a shit season. And they just went, right, kids, cover your ears. Like, fuck this shit. Like, we don't care. We don't care about the playing. This season's a disaster. Let's get a good draft pick, which we don't know where that's going to be. Let's get a good draft pick and let's uh, reload for next year. We'll see what happens with Kyle Lowry, but Van Vliet, Siakam, and Anobi, those guys are there. They've got, at this point, the seventh uh, draft pick, but their, their highest odds of a pick is 34% to get pick eight. But they've also got an over 30% chance to get a top four pick. So there is a real opportunity for a star player or a star draft pick to arrive in Toronto. Pick eight can't, won't be particularly good. It's still a top 10 pick, but a top you know, 30% plus chance of a top four pick is pretty good odds. They've also got pick 46 and pick 47 in this upcoming draft. And as you can see, that 27-45, it's not representative of how they how good they actually were. 16th in offense, 15th on defense, so middle of the pack. So you'd expect a 500 record. 13th in pace, but they just packed it in. And they had some horrendous losses throughout the course of the season. There's no, absolutely no denying that. But they were, um, yeah, again, they said, you know, correctly, we just, we don't care. We are just packing this in. Now, a lot of questions, which I'm going to answer questions at the end of this show about Masai Ujiri. I'm almost certain that he is returning to this team. 
Uh, we don't know that for sure, but I'm almost certain that he will be back um, for the upcoming uh, upcoming season as they look to build on the uh, on the future. They've got some big free agents. Start off with Kyle Lowry. Um, I would be pretty surprised if he is back at age 35. Not because he doesn't want to be back or the Raptors don't love him, more that they will not be prepared to pay the amount that he wants over the years that he wants. You would think he goes to a contender, the Lakers, the Heat, the Sixers. They are always the names that have been thrown up there. The Mavericks, maybe. Mavericks got a lot of cap space. But I can see Lowry moving on next season. Um, Ken Birch, who was really a sort of savior for them at center at the end of the season. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's Canadian. I would imagine that he is back for next year. Gary Trent is a restricted free agent. No! Came across in the Norman Powell deal. You would assume that they want to bring him back, but with how he played down the stretch, I would think that his asking price would have dropped or his appeal in the market would have dropped, but someone might overpay. Stanley Johnson's an unrestricted free agent. I wouldn't think they'd be bending over backwards to bring him back. And Jalen Harris is a restricted guy who I thought played really well down the stretch of the year. And I, th- I think they would look like to bring Jalen back. That would be my move if I was um if I was Masai Ujiri. That's the uh, that's the decision that I would be uh, that I would be doing, and uh, we'll see what they end up doing with that. But I thought he showed some real real potential. Could he be better than Gary Trent? I reckon he can, but we don't know that yet. And they'll obviously prioritise Trent more than Harris, who Trent is actually younger than Jalen Harris. So that is something that is worth mentioning there. RockAuto.com is the place that you need to go when you're looking for parts for your car. You don't need to go to somewhere like Advance. Go to the bloke at the counter. Have him look up what part you need. Tell him, tell you he doesn't have it in stock because why? He's not going to have everything there. He's going to have to order it, much like you would do anyway. But he's going to, for the, the privilege of doing that, he's going to charge you more money. What a waste! RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to RockAuto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, those prices at RockAuto.com—they're always reliably low, and they are the same for professionals and for do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Guys, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NBA or any other sport that you want to talk about. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. When the season's up and going, I'll be back on Locker Room doing some live shows there as well. You can even find other Locked On hosts, especially the ones in the playoffs. They're doing their shows over there, so get in and talk about your favorite team. So go download that free Locker Room app now. It is available on Android as well as iOS devices. Create your profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. You will find some great conversations going on on Locker Room. So download that Locker Room app. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. This Toronto Raptors team, they uh, they missed the playoffs, obviously, but they'll be keen to get back into the NBA playoffs next year. So it is our road to the finals, and the, our NBA playoff coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Right across the Locked On NBA Network, we are doing NBA playoff coverage. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 grams and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the playoff games a little bit more this season. Okay, so let's talk about individual players now on this Raptors team. Let's talk about Fred Van Vliet. Van Vliet, 52 games with some injuries down the stretch there. His hip really bothered him. He played almost 37 minutes a night. He averaged 20 points, 3.33s, 4 rebounds, 6.3 assists, 1.7 steals. And I've seen mentioned in many places 
I'm never drafting Fred Van Vliet again, which is absolutely insane considering he was the 24th ranked player this year and a 42 ADP. He was 33, 30, uh, 33rd in points leagues, averaging almost 40 fantasy points per game. And their reason is, oh, he shot 39% from the field. So? Who gives a shit? Oh, you got to punt field goals. Again, so? Punt them. Field goal percentage is one of the easiest categories to punt because there is just so much wild fluctuations and so many good players have rough shooting nights at times. Um, and Van Vliet, I think, is going to be better than this next year. He's been a better shooter than this in the past. He was at 41 and 41 the last two years. That's not great, but it's not as bad as it was here. He's excellent from the free throw line, but I think, or if if it happens, as I assume, that Lowry leaves, he averages 23 points a game easy. He averages eight assists a game easy. His steals would be great. He's going to hit a lot of threes. He's going to get to the line more. He had just a 25 usage this year, Van Vliet. I think that, that gets up uh, and that spikes. And we get a lot more happening from Fred. And I think that the top 20, you won't have to draft him there. I'm almost certain of that. I, the top 20 is absolutely a possibility. 96th percentile on EPM, plus 3.9, despite that poor true shooting of 53. And part of the reason he was so bad, his, his three-point shooting was great. He was in the third percentile at finishing at the rim. That's uh, objectively horrible. He can improve there. His Raptor, which you know, he's on the Raptors, 4.9. Really, really good number. Led the team, not surprisingly. His LeBron led the team, 3.27. That's 50% higher than the next guy. Offensive and defensive uh, positive. And don't, don't let this fact escape you. He averaged 0.7 blocks, which for a point guard is huge. To go with his 1.7 steals and his six assists and his 20 points per game, and he's 89% shooting from the line. He's an excellent fantasy player. Excellent. And I think he'll be better next year. I think the shooting can improve. It won't be great, but it can easily get to uh, 41. The reason it was so bad is his two-point percentage dropped from 44 to 41. Yeah, that goes up to 44, 45, and you're back in business. And the top 20 is uh, is legitimate for Fred Van Vliet, I think. I am. Uh, I was pretty big on him this year. I took him at the turn in some drafts. Um, we are way ahead of that ADP of 42. And uh, I'll be happy to do that again, I reckon. Let's talk about the next guy, and that is Kyle Lowry. I don't know where Kyle Lowry will play next season. He played 46 games, 35 minutes, but he is 35, and I'd be pretty hesitant to draft him. We know that there's big drop-offs that happen. We saw that happen with LaMarcus Aldridge this season. There's another bloke who's about the same age on this team who just completely fell in a hole, and that's Aaron Baines at the similar age. Lowry is obviously better than Baines, but he averaged 17, 5, and 7, three threes, a steal. 44 and 88 is his percentages. He shot 40% from three. That's all very, very good. He averaged 36 fantasy points. He was 38th in category leagues. I wouldn't want to touch Lowry, I don't believe at this point, inside the top 50 next season because yeah, a lot of it is going to depend on where he goes, but where he goes, I think, will be a good team. His role will be smaller. We saw a significant drop in his defensive advanced metrics and his overall advanced metrics this year. Still a 60% true shooting, which is great. Still shot the ball well, finished at the rim okay. Good three-point shooting, great from the line. Assist rate was still really good. But defensively, he did drop off. And we're going to see, I think, usage fall a little bit more next season. Look, he was still quite good in his Raptor numbers. Um, he was fourth on the team in Raptor, plus 1.2. But that defensive drop-off, the fact that he probably won't play 35 minutes a night, which he did this year, is going to leave him to to drop off, I think. I think you know, he averaged 17, 5, and 7. That's not an outrageous number, obviously. I think we're looking at probably more 14, 4, and 6.5. And the steals could go up. 
the efficiency could go up, but I wouldn't want him in the top 50 is my early, early thought process on where Kyle Lowry sits. Pascal Siakam, those first two guys, Van Vliet and Lowry, they both beat their ADP. That's great. Siakam didn't. And I've always been a little bit down on him than, than others. And some might say that's unfair, but yeah, it's worked out well for me the last two years. ADP of 34, he ended up 44th. For points leagues, it was fine. He averaged almost 40 fantasy points, 30th in points leagues, 56 games, 36 minutes, a lot of minutes. He averaged 21 points per game. His shooting is the problem there, 46%. But what he did show was some improvement. Now, he was really poor to begin this year. And two years ago, part of his value was big steals, big blocks. And they've, really, they've started to drop off. There's no doubt about that. But what he was able to do is improve his ball handling, 4.5 assists. And if Lowry does go, we might actually see that take another step forward for Siakam next season. So depending on what happens with ADP numbers, and his advanced stats have dropped uh, over the last three years. His, his championship year 2019, he was an EPM of plus 4.1. 2.5 last year, 1.1 this year. Defensively, he's fallen off quite a bit as more focus goes offensively. Um, and we've seen that steal rate and block rate um, you know, sort of be okay. So, sort of similar, but not where it was in the past. And the three-point shooting was horrendous this year, 30% shooting. But I can see his assist numbers, which were, I think, you know, close to, well, not, not, not quite a career high, actually. 2019 is, um, no, scrap that. This is a career high for assist rate, 20% assist rate at only 11% turnover rate. Like, there's some really good numbers there, some really good, um, I wouldn't say not outliers, but some good indicators. That's the word I'm looking for, for where he can go for the year moving forward. It is, it is going to depend a little bit on what Lowry does, but if you're going to have Van Vliet and Siakam doing most of the ball handling, because I think if Lowry goes, it'll just be Trent in that starting lineup. And he is not a guy that the ball goes in his hands. I think this is going to help Siakam. So while I've been down on him in previous years, I can see myself being higher on him this upcoming season than others will be. He was second on this team in LeBron. He was sixth in Raptor. And that includes Jalen Harris, who only played 170 minutes, so let's say fifth at 0.5. But I can see the shooting for him improving. Only 30% from three. He's been at 36 the last two years, so that can improve. And defensively, those numbers, are they're a little bit of a concern. But his finishing at the rim dropped off. I reckon that can improve. I think the usage may go up just 26% if Lowry does leave, but it's more the assists that I'm looking at. How much further can he build on that? Can he take it from four and a half assists to five and a half or at least five? I think that's where we look at where Pascal lies moving forward. So he was good. He wasn't quite as good as ADP. I think the ADP slides outside the top 40 and then I think he beats it next season. Again, so much can happen. He could get traded. I don't think he will, but he could get traded. And who knows? They just might blow this shit up with Masai Ujiri. Whatever's best for this team, he's going to do. He's got three years left at $100 million, Siakam. So he's not cheap. Um, I don't think he gets traded, but I wouldn't I wouldn't 100% rule that out. Let's talk about the Jedi, Oji Ananobi. But what about Scarves? OG, stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. What about Scarves indeed? Because Ananobi was really good this year, had a calf injury, which did limit him. But second half of the year, he just went and the Raptors just went, all right, you're just getting the ball more and you're doing a lot more with it. And he went, all right, cool, let's go. Worked out pretty well. Ananobi only played 43 games, 33 minutes. He averaged 31 fantasy points, which is 76th, but 49th in category leagues. His best category is his steals. He's worse with his assists. But if we look at the last three months, so the last half of the year, he was the 36th ranked player. His usage went up to 23%. He averaged 18, 5, and 3. 1.5 steals, 0.7 blocks. 
His efficiency kept the same, over 62 shooting, despite the increase in usage, 48 and 82. And again, Lowry going means I think that Ananobi can maintain 22% usage. He can be a top 40 player. EPM was great, plus 2.3, really strong numbers. I cannot wait to see what the offensive um, uh, evolution of Ananobi is. We saw it for half a year. Defensively, he's, he's excellent. We saw it for half a year. He was a positive in Raptor, in Raptor for his offensive production as well. He was um, overall a positive in LeBron, but not quite there in terms of his uh, offensive numbers. But I'm really, really excited to see what the next evolution is for Ananobi in terms of offense. He is still not turned 24. He's three and a half years younger than Pascal Siakam, three and a half years younger than Fred VanVleet. He is moving into his prime in the next two years, two to three years. I think his ADP was 79th this year. Yeah, best category steals, pretty obviously, but 79 ADP. It won't be there next year. I think the top 40 is a realistic expectation for Ananobi. Um, there is, you know, the concern you have there is maybe does the shooting not stick? I guess that's a, that's a worry. Um, but I, I was absolutely super impressed with him and the way that they just said, you're actually doing more offensively now. And he said, cool, because what else is he going to say? Because he says he has no vocabulary. <laughs> not, no, that's not true because that's being harsh. He, just, he chooses not to speak, which I completely understand. Uh, he just said, all right, cool, I'll do it. And he did it and he looked great and his defense didn't suffer. And that is absolute, will he ever be an all-star? Be an all-star? Yeah, I think he will be. I think he'll make an all-star game. I am massively high on OG Ananobi. Let's see how it all plays out. Guys, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA playoffs, they're flying. The NHL playoffs are flying. And you can track all that action at Bet Online. The latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting news, including the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and UFC. So before the next tip, the next puck drop, the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. And check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to that website, betonline.ag, and sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Okay. So there's some guys that I've spoken pretty positively about. It drops off after that. Actually, that's not true because let's talk about the wiki. Chris Boucher, he's next. 60 games, 24 minutes. A guy that I was pretty keen on drafting, 135th ADP. You had to take him there. But the caveats remained with him always. If he plays good minutes, he will put up good fantasy numbers. But Nick Nurse does not like him. Nick Nurse does not like his defensive abilities. Nick Nurse does not believe he can be a full-time center. And we saw that. The frustration was palpable. Now, Boucher is older than Ananobi, Siakam, and Van Vliet. He is 28 years old. He is not young. I know you may have just become accustomed to knowing who Boucher is this season. He is not young. His advanced stats have always been great. And impressively, he got his EPM to increase to plus three. That's 95th percentile in the NBA. His true shooting, 64. That's 90th percentile. He finished at 65% at the rim. He hit 38% of his threes. These are all increases on where he was last year. His block rate increased as well which we don't normally see when guys increase their role. He went from 13 to 24 minutes a game. His block rate increased, 98th percentile. He is an absolute fantasy stud. He averaged 14 and seven, one and a half threes, almost two blocks on 51 and 79. That's a yeah, 63 true shooting. It's huge, huge numbers. He was third on this team in LeBron. 
He was third on this team in Raptor. Offensively, he was great. He blocked a lot of shots, but he does have a lot of concerns defensively. And that is why I don't think he can ever be a 30-minute-a-night player, and his best position is probably at the four. He can play some backup five minutes, but I would not look at this from Boucher and go, you are definitely playing more minutes next season. He was the 67th-ranked player this year, 82nd in points leagues, almost 30 points per game. Is he worse than this next year? Yeah, probably. Imagine the Raptors draft Evan Mobley. Get into the top four, draft Mobley. Or, in free agency, they sign Rashawn Holmes. Siakam and Holmes play 30-plus, 35 minutes each. And then Boucher gets 20 minutes, 22 minutes. Comes in, quick hitter, blocks 1.7 shots, hits a three, has 10 points, five rebounds. That's fine, but it's not getting to 67th. This might have been best-case scenario. And again, he's 28 already. Slow to impact the NBA, but he's not that good that we have to look at him at the same level as Van Vliet, Siakam, and Ananobi. He's not in their class. And maybe it sounds like I'm being a little bit harsh on the big fella, but I just don't see the wiki as being this excellent prospect. The numbers are great. You look at the shooting. Shit, 38 from three, 51 overall, fantastic. Finishes at the rim, great. Blocks a shit ton of shots. Hits threes. Advanced numbers through the roof. But that doesn't matter if his coach doesn't believe or doesn't buy in. And I think we've got ample evidence that his coach doesn't believe or buy in. When everything goes awry, and they have to rely on him for big minutes. They He will. But there is no way Nick Nurse wants to head into next season and thinking, well, you know what? I've penciled, penciled Boucher in for 34 minutes. There is no chance that is happening. They will be like, we we need somebody else so he can play 21 a night, do his thing. We can be really match-up dependent with him. And that's going to be a problem. Real risk of overdrafting Boucher, I think, next season. I don't know that that'll be the case because I don't know what ADPs are, but a real risk of that next year. So just be aware of that in terms of his uh, ongoing value. Gary Trent. Nice, Gary! A guy that gets hyped up more than his value would indicate. 58 games, 31 minutes. So when we consider all of his season numbers, we don't need to look at it and go, oh, well, now next season he's going to have a larger role. He played 31 minutes. Now, he could play more minutes, and he probably will if he is the starting shooting guard next to Fred VanVleet next season. He will probably play 34 minutes a night. Probably shouldn't, but he probably will. But I have mentioned this ad nauseum, and if you've listened to the show at all during the year, you know this. Gary Trent does nothing apart from score. And when the shot does not fall, and he hit 41% of his shots this season, what else does he bring? And that is always going to be the concern with Gaz. He averaged 15 points, almost three threes, 2.6 rebounds, 1.4 assists, a steal with 0.2 blocks on some pretty poor shooting. And in Toronto, that shooting got worse, 38% over the last 27 games of the year. His EPM was a stark negative, well below average, negative 1.2. His uh, LeBron was really bad, negative 1.62, well down the list of Raptors. His Raptor, was equally piss poor, negative three, because he is a sieve defensively. He's inefficient and streaky as a shooter who offers not much else offensively. Like I said, I would rather have, I think, Jalen Harris, because I think he can do a little bit more than what Gary Trent does. He's not quite the level of Trent, but Trent is a very, very much overhyped player in my mind. Now, again, there's a he finished 174th. There's a real chance he could maybe knock on the door of the top 100. If they play him 35 minutes a night, if the usage goes from 22 to 25, if he averages 18 points and hits three and a half threes, that's not outrageous. But 
three rebounds, two assists, 0.9 steals on shit efficiency and doesn't get to the line, the category appeal for that is low. Points leagues, much, much better. And I know people have criticized me in the past for my takes on Trent. Oh, Josh, this is a hater. You know, look, look how hot he gets. But he's one of those players that a lot of times we remember the hot games. 42 points, eight triples, Josh Lloyd, suck my dick. Hey, you're wrong. And we look at those games and that's fantastic. We got to add him. And then he has seven points on one of nine shooting with one rebound, zero assists, zero steals. And we we got to yeah, put that together. And that's how those numbers come out. The 15 points is pretty solid. But in a standard 12-team league, if you average 15 points, it's actually below average. I think average is about 16 points. So while 15 is a big number, that's fine. It's still below average. The only category where he was a positive contributor was threes, where he hit 2.8, which is great. And he was just a bee's dick over in steals. He averaged one a game and average is like 0.94 or something. So he was just a little bit over there. Everything else was below. And not, not below average doesn't mean that you're trash, but he was below average. He was trash in some categories. Field goals, rebounds, blocks and assists were pretty low. But I, I do think that he is significantly overvalued as a player and as a fantasy guy. But he is only 22. So there is way more room for him to improve. I think the thing that improves for him there is efficiency, the 41% shooting, the 44 from two-point range. He only hit 55% at the rim, and he was down to 38 at mid-range. The year before, he was at 60 and 42, so there's ample room for that to improve. I think the usage can go up, and I think the minutes go up. And I think he will almost definitely beat that rank of 174th next season, almost definitely. But I think absolute upside is not particularly high with Gaz Trent. And he's a restricted free agent. Let's see how much he gets offered. Let's see. They actually bring him back. I think they will, but maybe not. Ken Birch, backup center in Orlando for much of the year, came to Toronto, put up some pretty solid numbers when he's forced into a large role. He is not a great permanent player. We are not talking a Chris Boucher here. 67 games, 23 minutes, 210th in points leagues, 225th in category leagues. He was pretty solid in Toronto when he's given that opportunity. But again, it requ- there's so much to unpack with that role for him in Toronto because he was there when you know, Larry Siakam and Anobi, Van Vliet, they were all missing time. He had a, a negative 0.3 um, EPM. It did have some nice little spikes at the end while he was in Toronto, but also by the end of the season, we saw some of his value drop off. Over his last nine games, he played 33 minutes a night, but couldn't crack the top 100 for category leagues. He averaged 13 and eight, but only 0.9 blocks. 51 and 71. He's just not that well-rounded of a player. They, He could be fine. They could rely on him. He could play 28 minutes, and I probably would t- take him in round 11 or 12 in a draft. But they get anyone else in there, um, the value for him will, uh, will drop pretty quickly. I think defensively, he can be okay holding his own. Offensively, he's not quite there. His advanced numbers are, are fine-ish, 67 percentile for EPM. But a 55 true shooting, for a big man, is, is trash. 56 last year, so not that much different. Not a good free throw shooter. Doesn't pass the ball particularly well. His block rate's all right without being great. I think he's fine. He's 28. This is an unrestricted free agent. They'll bring him back, I imagine, to be their backup center, which could also impact Boucher, depending on what else they do at that position. But, um, yeah, not... For as, as well as he did at times, not someone I'm really excited about. Fred Gillespie, I thought he played well. 20 games, 20 minutes, 
1.1 blocks in 20 minutes a game is great. 52% from the field. Uh, didn't hit a single three. He uh, did those, those blocks is really where the value for Gillespie comes from. And you know, when he was forced into action, I thought he was impressive. But you know, a lot of his advanced stuff isn't particularly exciting. He only played 392 minutes. He's a really strong shot blocker, really strong offensive rebounder. They are the good things that Freddie Gillespie does. But overall, just the offensive play is not particularly exciting. I don't see huge upside. He's non-guaranteed for next season, $1.57 million. Um, Not particularly excited about where he goes. He is already 24. But as a shot blocker, when you know, ideally they have Siakam, Birch, Boucher, and another big man in that rotation, he's the fifth big. I think that's their ideal scenario. And then he's just not going to play every night. So while we saw some big performances... Context is super important when looking at that. DeAndre Bembry um, had some moments as well this year of some okay play. He's got a $2 million non-guaranteed contract next year. 51 minutes, 19, 51 games, 19 minutes. Outside the top 300 for points leagues, 259th in categories. He's a guy that can get steals. He's a guy that can get assists. He averaged six points, but two assists and a steal. Shot 51 from the field, which included 59% from two-point range, which is obviously a really, really high number. Um... Again, where does he sort of fit in? Best season by far in terms of his defensive impact metrics, plus 1.3 defensive EPM, which is in the 86th percentile. That's impressive. He was a positive in Raptor defensively, positive in LeBron defensively. He was just a solid enough rotation player where upside's not particularly high. He's 27 years of age, so I'm not really sure where he goes from here. But if he has to come back and play 19 minutes a night, maybe that moves up a little bit with Lowry's expected absence. It's fine, but realistically, he's just a very, very deep league guy who I don't think the upside is particularly high. But let's talk about a bloke who I think his upside is particularly high, and that is Malachi Flynn. 47 games, 20 minutes a game for Malachi. Um, he had some absolutely huge moments. I think, well, no, I think, I know he was awarded the April Rookie of the Month. I don't think that was correct. But he averaged seven points, three assists, 0.8 steals. And we look at the numbers and what's dragging it down. Well, it's a 48% true shooting. As a rookie, I expect that to jump six, seven, eight percentage points next year. 268th in points leagues, 292nd in category leagues. He hears free throws well. But he showed an ability to get out there and be a solid defender and be a guy that knows how to run a pick and roll. The fact that he was a you know, in the 57th percentile for his defensive EPM as a rookie, as a rookie guard, is absolutely massive to me. Defensively, he was a positive in LeBron as well. And in Raptor, he was a positive too. That is a huge, huge building block for Malachi Flynn. I am super high on this guy as a future top 100 player. Now, if I was the Raptors, I wouldn't prioritize Trent to be a starter. I would say, Malachi, Fred, let's go. I don't think they'll do that. But I think Flynn, who over the last two months of the season played 29 minutes a game, averaged 12, 4, and 4.5 with 1.3 steals, shot 40 and 83. I think that Malachi is going to be a guy that plays 25 minutes a night next season plus. Maybe in the old Norman Powell role. Now, Powell started a lot, but ideally he was their sixth man. I think Flynn can come in. He probably won't be a top 100 player next season. Probably won't be. But I think he's got multiple top 100 seasons ahead of him. I think he will be an NBA starter. Now, he is already 23, so we need to bear that in mind. He's older than Trent. He's older than Jalen Harris. He's old. Um... I think he's in like 16-team leagues. We look at him as a draftable guy and probably 14-teamers. But I don't think that they will. They might, and they probably should, but I don't think they'll go in and say, Fred and Malachi, you're our starters next year. 
I think, yeah, he's four years younger than Van Vliet. Ideally, they'd want him to move in and play alongside Fred and take over from Fred in four years. Whether he's still on this team remains to be seen. But I am really excited about what he can bring. I thought it was a very, very encouraging rookie season. The, the worry you have there is age. That, that is the concern, that he's 23 already. But I expect a big leap up in terms of his efficiency numbers next year. Didn't finish at the rim well. Didn't shoot mid-range as well. Three-point shooting was off. I think we get that 49 true shooting up to 55 to 56 next season. Really big steps forward I'm expecting from Malachi Flynn. Stan Johnson played 61 games, 17 minutes. Unrestricted free agent, as I mentioned. Not a top 300 player. Had a couple of moments at times this year, averaging four points with .9 steals. It's the .9 steals that gets him value, but is he an NBA caliber player? Tenth man, maybe. I don't think we need to look at him too hard, too closely. Let's talk Jalen Harris. Only played 13 games and only played 13 minutes. He averaged 12 fantasy points, 319th um, in category leagues. But again, he just showed me little flashes down the stretch. Negative 0.8 EPM as a rookie is really good. Now, it helps that his true shooting was 63%. It helps that he hit 47% of his threes. But he did come in with a reputation as being a really good shooter. And that translated across pretty well. And when forced into a large role at the end of the season, I thought he impressed. I thought he put up some really good games. His last four games, 16, 6, and 4. 10, 3, 4, 2 steals. 17, 1, and 0. That's a very Gary Trent line. And then 31, 2, and 4 with five threes in the last game at 37 minutes against the Mavericks. Shot the ball well. Barely saw him to begin the year. But he is a name to watch where I think if he had a top 150 season at some point in the next five years, I would not be surprised at all. And for the 59th pick in the draft, that's a huge win. He's 22 years of age, almost 23, so a little bit older than Trent. But I liked what I saw from him. Not expecting huge amounts, obviously. But per 36, he averaged 20 points, 4 assists, 1.7 steals. There's some good numbers. It is low volume. Low um, low minutes, but good usage. Played well when they had to scale his role. I'm, I'm pretty interested to see what he can do. Aaron Baines, uh, he's, I think he's done. 34 years of age. He played 53 games, 19 minutes, and he was a guy that was drafted the last pick, which is fine because we assumed him to be the starting center, and he was. He was just shit ass. Like he, The game just passed him by, which is unfortunate. I love Aaron Baines as an Aussie basketballer, and he had some great moments last year in Phoenix, but his true shooting went from 59 to 50. His EPM went from plus one, uh, sorry, negative 0.1 to negative 2.2. His LeBron was a disaster. His Raptor was worse. He's just done. Unfortunately for for Aaron, he's done. And he does have a non-guarantee on his deal for next year. It's 7.3. I don't know if it's fully non-guaranteed or partially non-guaranteed, but uh, his role is uh, in real jeopardy in the NBA moving forward, unfortunately for Bainsey. Utah Watanabe, 50 games, 15 minutes. Yeah, nothing really where we look at him and go, yeah, I, I like what he did. Uh, he had some moments, for sure. What an number. He averaged four points, 0.4 blocks in 14 minutes. That's not a bad number. 83 from the line, 40% from three. They're all relatively solid numbers. What an is uh, 26, going to be 27 at the start of next season. So there's a bit of a red flag in terms of development. But he improved significantly from where he was last year. This was his third year in the NBA. Took some steps forward. Defensively, he showed some things. But he did have some shooting, which I, I do believe was pretty unsustainable. And I don't think that 40... Well, but to be fair, he was 38 in three, 38% three-pointers last year, but he improved that a lot. His free throws went from uh, 38 to 83%. But he played you know, seven times more minutes this year. 
Block rate was much improved. Turnovers, it doesn't turn the ball over much, doesn't assist much, but was able to get that number looking all right. He showed some flashes, but again, at age 26, I wouldn't be putting a huge amount of uh, development time into him. We talk about the success of Kevin Durant coming back from an Achilles injury. We talk about the semi-success of John Wall coming back. Let's talk about the absolute disaster that was Rodney Hood, unfortunately, for Rocket. He was traded in the Gary Trent deal. He's going to be 29 in a couple of months. He played 55 games, 17 minutes, and wasn't able to crack the top 400 for category leagues or points leagues. He averaged four points. He shot 36% from the field and 30% from three, 41% from two. He's been a guy that's had problems like Gary Trent in the past. And when you go, what the hell else does he do apart from score? And now he can't even score. The shooting is just completely off. He's at the rim numbers went from 78% to 47. Like he'd been 50 plus percent his entire career. Like easily plus 50. Mid-range numbers, career worst. Three-point numbers, career worst. Passing numbers, basically career worst. Turnovers, basically career high. Defensively, he's never been much chop. Uh, advanced numbers, horrible. I don't know what the hell this means for Rodney Hood. Now, we are one year removed from him being a, um, yeah, from his Achilles, so maybe he improves, but he's got a almost $11 million non-guaranteed contract next year. No way you're paying him $11 million for next season. Absolutely no way. Last guy we talk about is Paul Watson, who played 27 games, 11 minutes. I don't think there's really anything to talk about here with Watson. He is already 26 years of age as well. He is a guy that maybe can have some rotation juice. Negative 1.3 APM is good. Great true shooting, 47% from three. That's what he can do. But what else can he do? And I think that's the big question. We just don't know what what anything else is he can do. Defensively, there are real concerns. Um. But that shooting is a real NBA skill, and we'll just see where it can develop from there. Let's go and answer some questions that you guys had. Um, who should they draft? This is a question that's really always going to be saying. This is from Kruski. Who should they draft, depending on where they are? Whoever the best player is. Now, you've got Ananobi. You've got Siakam. Your forwards are a pretty set. You've got a, a, an opening at guard. Van Vliet can play the one at the two. Your Harris, Flynn, Trent, they're not necessarily guys that preclude you from drafting a guard. And center is the obvious one. Do you pass on a forward? Because once you get outside that top five, and if they don't get a top four pick, they'll be picking at like eight. I think you got to look at a guard or a center. Now, whether there's... I probably wouldn't get take a center at that spot, to be honest. I think you look at established players like a Rashawn Holmes there. So I think they've just got to look for whoever the best player is. Um, Michael Jones, it starts with the wiki. Is he good at basketball? Is he bad at basketball? Is he just mediocre? I think the answer is he's mediocre. He's fine. He can be really solid in a pinch hit sixth man type role. If you force him to do too much more, he's very weak. He's not the greatest defender despite being a good shot blocker. He's a good shooter, but there's just a lot of downsides along with a lot of upsides. So that just makes him right in the middle. Do I think Messiah Ujiri is coming back? Yes, I do. What are his planned strategies? Is it spend in free agency? I think they'll spend up to a degree. They won't go crazy, but again, Upgrading center is really what they need to do. And I think the strategy will change so much once they find out what their draft pick is. You get a top four pick, you get a top two pick, and then you're on. Like you're, I think you're loading up and going, Fred, let's bring Kyle back. And then we've, and we really, because you know, if you get a top two pick, that guy can, won't be a star, but he can contribute right away in some, in some respects. Kate Cunningham can contribute right away. So there's some, if they get pick seven, that guy, we just go, all right, let's develop him, and then we let Kyle go, and then let's go in on Van Vliet, Siakam, and Anobi. And if they're playing in Toronto next year, they'll make the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. 
How will they run a Birch, Boucher, Gillespie rotation? Sad Raptors fan says um, that that will not be the rotation. There will be someone else in there. Gillespie won't be a part of it. I think they'd like to have Birch as the backup and then Boucher playing backup four. That will not be the entire rotation. Kyle Lowry, Grote, says, does Pascal have the potential for a better season next year? Yep, talked about that already. If Lowry leaves as Van Vliet a top 20 player, yes, I do believe that will be as well. Um, really excited for where this team goes, though. Um, we, yeah, really excited to see what they can do. Van Vliet, upside. Siakam, bounce back. Ananobi, upside. Top four pick, maybe. Some good value there. Really excited to see where they go. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the new Odyssey app. Hit the thumbs up on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Hit the notification bell as well. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. See ya.